evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Wednesday night wallop. Season 4, episode 14, Ryland Turner here, joined alongside, as always, by Kyle Joseph. Kyle, how are you this evening? I'm good. I, man, this was a a revitalizing episode of of Dynamite, let me tell you. Yeah, like, if you have been watching Dynamite for the last few weeks and not particularly been high on what they've been doing or have been disappointed by certain ways they've been, you know, taking things, wow, this one was the one to watch. Because this was a great episode. It was. It really was. But we'll get into that as we get into it. Uh, Before we do that, Rylan, I think there's some news of the wrestling world we should talk about. Yeah, it's time for the Wednesday Night Roundup. It's the Wednesday Night Roundup. All right. First of all, Rylan... We're we're not long for having to revisit these things. We're soon to be able to hopefully ignore this forever, but I feel like there's a $14.7 million we have to talk about a little bit. It's, it's a little bit, a little bit. So on Friday night, uh, Kyle and I did a live show talking about the fact that Vince McMahon has retired from WWE and given up uh, creative control, which no one expected. No one expected that at all. Um, and here we are uh, a few days later. And uh, how's it feel, Kyle? Does the air feel a little cleaner? It feels... You know what this is? This is cautious optimism for the wrestling world. Right. I feel like a lot of people are feeling that, too. I feel like a lot of wrestlers are feeling that, too. I could see that. I could definitely see that. So, as it turns out, and this is the thing that I talked about when we initially had said it, we said if that money was company money, that that would be a thing that could push him out. And it turns out, basically, whether or not it was company money, it was a benefit to the company and should have been filed as a company expense. This is the type of thing where they're going to have to go back and get uh, do some refinancing of some of their books. Apparently, dating back for several years, these uh, are going to come out at the next quarterly WWE meeting, which, oh boy, that's going to be a barn burner, especially for oh. any... Any um, uh, people who are owning WWE stock at that time, I feel like there's going to be a lot of questions that the new brain trust, I do not envy them on that particular day. Especially, I will say this, Stephanie McMahon having to deal with her questions about her father's philandering probably sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. But yeah, that that doesn't sound like something I'd want to be a part of. So suffice to say, that was the the straw that broke the camel's back. There are reports that more stuff might be coming, but we will have to remain, wait and see for that. Yeah, it's Vince McMahon is gone, and that leads us to our second story, which is WWE is changing quite a bit, Rylan. Yeah. Uh... So initially, what was reported was that Bruce Pritchard and Kevin Dunn were going to kind of head up gorilla position and they were going to take the head of creative. And that lasted uh, all of like an hour. Yes. Yes. As Triple H was uh, also on the day that Vince was uh, had retired, Triple H was named the executive vice president of talent relations once again and quickly was handed creative. The book has been handed to Hunter. 
Yeah, and it's it's two positions that are a lot of responsibility to have to to be able to do both, but it is what he did in NXT was effectively doing both of those positions. So it stands to reason that it is something that he has shown the capacity to do. Clearly he's fully back into this whole WWE thing. That leaves us with some questions about what's going to happen with some of the other WWE employees. Have we heard officially about John Laurinaitis? No, and I don't think we will. I think that's going to be swept under the rug, but he's probably not coming back. That's that's the general uh, word that I've heard so far. And then there are going to be questions about Bruce Pritchard and Kevin Dunn in particular. But got, in it, I think Kevin Dunn, it's been reported that uh, apparently, and I, I can't remember who reported this, so this is all whatever, but... Uh, um, he he is not looking to stay. So we shall see. Yep. And if that happens to be the case, I think there's there's going to be some some changes coming. It's clear that very quickly Triple H wants to and Stephanie McMahon and the new brain trust want to put their stamp on whatever WWE is going to be going forward. And I was I said this was going to take a few months to get going. It, it's it's going. Yes, yes, it, it happened very fast. So, I guess that leads me to I'll, I'll, we'll, we won't uh, we won't dwindle too long on this because I think it's um, there's a very much a wait and see element to this, right? But what are your feelings about about this direction, and uh, what do you think we're gonna get expect? To see? What would you expect to see? from uh, Triple H being in charge because there's a lot of speculation going on right now. Right, and I think that's part of the excitement of all this is there the, the speculation is going to run rampant for quite some time. Uh, we talked about uh, potentially Seth Rollins wrestling Johnny Gargano at SummerSlam. Like, that would be fantastic. Is it going to happen? I don't know. Could, could it be The Fiend? Could, you know, could he come back to wrestle Seth Rollins? It, it could happen. Um, it. This is something that's it's it's a weird kind of feeling because we we we've, we've been wrestling fans forever, and Vince McMahon has kind of been kind of the head honcho of when it comes to wrestling promoters, and now he's gone. Yeah, and it's hard to kind of take in what this could be. I mean, don't get me wrong; like Triple H did a great job with NXT, but like. I don't know, like this, it, it, there's so many possibilities. It's, it's endless excitement. And I don't know, like this is a, uh, this is a wild time in pro wrestling, Kyle. What's sort of interesting about it is I think there are a few people who are trying to pump the brakes saying that like, oh, Triple H at the end of his run with NXT, the booking had gotten stale. Yeah. Part of that was he couldn't, he was stuck with the same people. Yeah. They stopped calling up his his people. So once the pipeline to WWE stopped, it became very difficult to book NXT because NXT is very much a we're going to give you your story, we're going to give you your run, and then you're going to go and make it on the and go out to the main roster and sink or swim. And it's very interesting to see now, I feel like the pipeline has been firmly reestablished with NXT 2.0. We haven't really seen any 2.0 people make the jump yet. 
I am very interested to see if if now we're going to see a more streamlined pipeline from NXT to to the main roster. I suspect, see, considering there's still a number of NXT people who you could call up very quickly. You know, Shirai is still there. You know? Right. Like, there's, there's not as many now that I would say you could immediately move up to to uh, just looking through NXT's roster currently. They, they got rid of a lot of people, but like, got Legado del Fantasma, Roddy Strong, if you wanted to call him up, there's there's definitely a place on the main roster for a Roderick Strong. Absolutely. Obviously, uh, Io Shirai, as I mentioned, even though so there there are a few people in the, on their roster who don't really need more time uh, in NXT. Even some of the people in NXT UK too, right? And that that leads me to my second point, which is if there's any one prediction because I've seen a bunch of stuff getting thrown around, and I have a lot of there's been a lot of speculation. I think it's fun to speculate right now because it feels so open right now. There's a lot of stuff that we don't we don't know the answer to, and it's kind of fun. If there's one piece of speculation that I would sort of be interested in seeing, and or that I, I'm sort of interested to see if that's the direction they want to go, I know at one point, Triple H, when he was sort of talking about the NXT, he had imagined a sort of a global empire for NXT. He had imagined NXT Japan. He had imagined an NXT Canada. He had imagined sort of a... If not TV shows, then at least a world where people were coming in from all over the world, uh, wrestling talent was being gathered all over the world, and given the opportunity to learn how to wrestle, and given the opportunity to, you know, become WWE superstars. Right. And have a path to do that. And I'm interested to see if that's something that might come into fruition. Are there any sort of weird speculations that you wanted to make for, for the future? See, the, it's hard to for me to, to tr- think about something like that because we also have Nick Khan. And yeah. Nick Khan is a cost-cutting guy at all, you know, measurements as we've seen so far in his tenure in WWE. Um, and I just feel like the amount of money it would cost to set up locations like that, he would just not be for that. And uh, being the co-CEO, it's it's difficult. It's difficult, that's for sure. Um, all that being said, though, uh, speculations, I don't know. I, I feel like we could see some some of these guys who haven't quite decided if they're going to AEW or staying the course with WWE or, or just staying out of wrestling completely. Uh, I feel like we're going to see some, some people pop up, and I'm excited to see them come back. Um, I don't know, man. It's like I said, it's a wild time in pro wrestling, and I'm excited to. Like, I, I turned on a little bit of Raw the other night for the first time just to see, just to see if anything was different. And well, you could see that there was certainly some changes. It was still very status quo WWE, and I expect to see that for a little bit longer. But yeah, I think I, the expectation is that things are going to change. And we will see. I am interested to see if the WWE audience that remains is going to respond positively to those changes. Yeah. 
It's definitely a, it's definitely a thought that I don't think a lot of people are asking ourselves is it, it, will the audience they do have and they they are retaining be okay with this new wild era. So we'll move on to the last piece of news, which is uh, Rylan, you watched Death Before Dishonor. I did, I did, I did, and I recorded a podcast on Death Before Dishonor with uh, my buddy Mick, and uh, I went to edit this podcast, and he couldn't hear a goddamn thing. So I do apologize to everyone who was expecting that. It was uh, 25 minutes of uh, good podcasting. We, we cut it down to 25 minutes, so uh, it was a long day, I'll say that. Um with all that being said, though, uh, yeah, it was a good show. It was a really good show. Uh, I didn't watch the pre-show, so I can't really speak on that. I, I will say that I feel like the six-man title match would have benefited from being on the pre-show and perhaps getting uh, what was Tully Blanchard group, Blanchard's group but is now Prince Nana's group. Uh, man, a lot of things happened. Uh, it was a wild pay-per-view. Uh, great matches all around, though. Every match was delivered. I... Uh, some matches that were that were very very good maybe went a little too long uh but with all that being said main event tag team match between ftr and the briscoes was it was something it was it was an all-around classic i'd say certainly my tag team match of the years this year seems to be consensus is that a lot of people really love that match I was interested to see. I was actually a little bit surprised with how short some of the other matches were. But like uh, Castagnoli and Gresham being 11 minutes and 30 seconds is surprisingly short for those two. Right. But I mean, there was also there was talk of uh, Gresham requesting his release from AEW and Ring of Honor and and, and cursing uh, Tony Khan out. What are your thoughts on this? I have no I don't know the, the circumstances that led to it. So I can't say there have been moments where I have wanted to and have cursed out Tony Khan on this podcast. So, <laughs> like, I don't know what happened that led to that circumstance. And I'm a yeah, I'm a fan of Jonathan Gresham. And I think that he's an amazing talent. And he's one of those guys that should be a star somewhere. Hopefully he gets that opportunity to be. I I. I, it doesn't look like AEW is the place for him. Right. And and what's weird is like he, he, WWE really doesn't treat him like anything. Right. But here. I mean like and, and while they should have definitely because they've had him for some time now. Um and just to have him, you know, just lose the title on the first big ROH pay-per-view since the the comeback. Um, yeah. it, it seems a little deflating. I, and don't get me wrong. Phenomenal match and I'm so happy for Claudio. I really am. Yeah. Um, but it is a little deflating. Um, I just, I don't know, like, I would have let it play out a little bit more before I uh, decided I, d I didn't want to work there anymore. Like, that's just me. Maybe. Um, I just, I wonder for, like, for me, I feel like they, they came in and the first thing they wanted to do was to get the title off of Jonathan Gresham. Was, like, clearly the first plan was to get that they wanted Claudio to have this belt. Right. Which, fine, but I feel like the next thing I would ask for Jonathan Gresham is tell him what my plans were for him it, once we get this title off of you. Exactly. Like, we, 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 we have got there dream are no, Sorry, go ahead. 
yeah, there's so many dream matches on the AEW roster, and if there are no plans for Jonathan Gresham, then yeah, maybe I'd feel I'd feel inclined to be upset as well if I were him. Well, I mean, at this point, we haven't heard officially that he has been released. No. Nope. So hopefully cooler heads can prevail and we can come to some sort of agreement because I would love to see him in D- Danielson. I'd love to see him in Punk. I'd love to see him in Garcia. I'd love to see yeah. him in like a lot of these guys. Um, Andrade. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So like, let, let's hope cooler heads prevail. I agree. And yeah, so I guess uh, without further ado, uh, do you want to talk about the show tonight? Yeah, let's do it. Um, we should go over the results beforehand. Yep. So we're going to go through the rundown of the show. It is the Wednesday night rundown. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we need music for that. We'll have to come up with that in the future. John Moxley defended his title, defeating Roosh. Bit of a surprise to see Roosh uh, going after the title. Right. Right. Um, then we got a promo from the Jericho Appreciation Society. A, f- a few things that they did mention. The biggest piece that came of it, though, was that in two weeks we're getting Jericho versus Moxley for the AEW Interim World Championship. At, I don't know, uh, Quake, Quake, on the at, lake. The lake? Oh, Quake at the Lake? Quake at the Lake. What? <laughs> Yeah, that that's the other thing I want to mention. <laughs> um, I don't know that it needs mentioning beyond that. That's oh my goodness. Uh, that's in Minneapolis, which that's. Uh, if I wasn't incredibly busy, I'd be very tempted. But so we then got the announcement that there's going to be a trios tournament happening, culminating in a final for a new trios championship at All Out. Which is early September, so that's coming soon. We got a promo from Dante Martin. Not much there aside from he's uh, he announced that Sky Blue was going to be at ringside with him since Sammy Guevara. I was actually, going to be. I was going to say I actually thought he had a little bit of fire until he invited her in, and then he looked like a little puppy dog. Well, well, I think that the fire was fine. I there's not much to say about this promo. I thought it was fine, Fair and enough. the big thing is. And we will get to it. This was a night where there were some memorable promos. Yes. Um, we then got Ricky Starks defeating Downhausen uh, to defend his FTW championship. He then called for a second uh, match. And Hook came and they sent Hook. And Hook is now the FTW champion defeating Ricky Starks via submission. Ricky Starks then cut a promo in defeat where uh, we'll get to that promo. He had a lot of fire, but in the end was turned on by Powerhouse Hobbs. The Acclaimed had a backstage promo. Uh, They're apparently dropping a mixtape or no, uh, a video. A music video. Yes. Sammy Guevara defeated Dante Martin in their match that we talked about before. There was a bit of a chase sequence in the aftermath, but nothing out of the ordinary for a Jericho Appreciation Society match. Sanjay Dutt cut a promo in the back, which was interrupted by the best friends, and there's going to be a six-man tag match, a trios match, between the best friends in Orange Cassidy and Dutt, Lethal, and their giant friend, whose name I can't remember. Like two weeks after Dutt said he would never wrestle again. 
Yes. And he, he actually pointed that out. He said he's not sure what he's going to do, but I suspect it's going to be, uh, might be a bit of a handicap match. It's possible, yes. Jungle Boy came out and cut a promo. His promo was interrupted by Christian. We will talk about these later, but yeah, there's a lot to this. Shane Strickland defeated Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling in a handicap match. Thunder Rosa defended her AEW Women's Championship in a women's in the uh, against um sorry let me just pull this up against uh, Miriam Yamashita. and Daniel Garcia pulled an upset victory over Brian Danielson in the main event. So. Let's start with some honorable mentions. We both had a few. And I think the first thing we should talk about is the one that we had in common. Jungle Boy's promo. Yes. Yes, I agree. So it's clear that these two are going to have a seriously heat-filled rivalry. And I am fascinated at the match that they are going to build to. Yeah, uh, these guys are going to bleed. The yeah, b- both oh, of yes. them. Yeah, like this is Jungle Boy going with the going at him with the divorce. I I didn't I didn't know that. So like that that comes out of nowhere and immediately like blew the crowd right the fuck up. And I don't like I don't think that this promo was without um awkwardness. Like sure. I feel like it, it started and and he wasn't quite on the, he wasn't quite where he needed to be, but he got there. I think that's the point. One hundred percent. I, I think that there's definitely things that he needs to work on with his promo game inflection wise and just the way he, he goes about it. But dude, like I, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and shit on this when it was a hot press promo, a really hot segment. Uh, and I thought that even Christian's comeback with the saying, he's going to put him in a body bag and he can, you know, go hang out with his dad, like stuff like that. Like it's just, it's yeah. just ridiculous, ridiculous this is stuff. A, this is a vicious feud. I am still fascinated at the idea of Luchasaurus. This is still, I think this is still hanging over our heads a little bit. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. I, I don't quite know why they decided to go this route because I feel like it didn't need it. But and I'm not sure. But I'm not sure it's over. He still, he still looks like he's Luchasaurus. Yeah, and he has not said a word. But that's true. And but and that's what I mean. Is I feel like they're going to turn him back on Jungle Boy again. But I just asked the question as to. Why? Like, because that match would be fire. Yeah, sure, sure. But like, it, the only reason I feel like you're doing that is just a stall to Christian. Which, yeah, I'm okay with that. Fair enough. You, the pay per view, man. The pay per views in September, right? They can't fight until then. It's true. I'm sorry. Jungle Boy and Christian needs a pay per view. It needs like an extreme rules match at a pay per view, right? And they they can't fight until then. So you've got all of August and a go-home show in September. Yeah, I guess we could see... I definitely guess we could see uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus locking that up then. So, honorable mentions... Uh, I'll go through mine quickly if you don't mind. Sure. John Moxley wants the Lionheart. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I, I thought... So, Jericho's promo was solid. And he was his. The society was a little bit weird tonight. Anna Jay hasn't quite gotten the heel shtick down. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't but, the only one who noticed that. 
Yeah, yeah, she'll get there. She she grew as a promo uh, from the on the uh, face side. She'll get there as a heel promo. It helped for Ty Conti. It helps that she's so she was already came into it so hateable. Yeah, not not because she's not she's a natural baby face, but being in the aura of Sammy Guevara makes you hateable. I will agree with you on that. Yeah, definitely. And because you know, the, even with the Dan Lambert stuff, that was that felt very heel heel. I think the audience sort of treated it that way. Um, um, but yeah, I thought Jericho was pretty solid, and I thought John Moxley showed a lot of fire in in wanting. And I hope we do get whatever is left of Lionheart Jericho. I'd like to see him come out in like some old school gear too. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's what we're gonna. I think that's what we're gonna get in two weeks. And frankly, n- give me no Jericho Society. Yeah, I just I, want those two. I, I agree. I, I just I, I don't want to see a bunch of interference and and whatever. Maybe they're banned from ringside or what have you. Yeah, because like, we had that match already. It was their title match, right? We had a bunch of interference from, and he had to spend the whole time beating up, or he had to spend all this time beating up all of the inner circle before he got to, to Jericho. Uh, you know, the, them gouging his eye out and everything. There, there was a lot to that build. So I feel like right now, I do. We just need, we need to get to a match. It's going to be physical. It's going to be, uh, you know, classic Moxley. He bled again today. Yes. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> um. My other honorable mention. Oh, I want more drama. Uh, I haven't been keeping up with being the elite, except to to sort of notice that they've been teasing uh, a potential Young Bucks Hangman reunion, and they did it on the show again tonight. So I, I'm I'm excited for this. I want to uh, more drama, more more drama between these guys. Yes, I I I I did like the tease that they had there and. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes myself. So I agree with you 100% on that. And we'll, we'll talk about that more when we get to, the, to my uh, my number one. Uh, Rylan, what were your other honorable mentions? Uh, number one, it's it's honorable mention, but it's a negative one. Uh, does every dynamite need a special name? Uh, That's a good last, question. <laughs> when was the last time we just had dynamite? Uh, I just feel like we're do we're kind of overdoing this big time dynamite thing. Like I'm I'm happy with every show feeling like a big show, but you know what the beauty of having the roster that AEW has is every show can feel like a big show. It doesn't need to be called Quake on the Lake. It doesn't need no. to be called any of these things. And I understand that some of these are are, are charity based and and by all means fill your boots. Like, Although the fighter fest the fighter fest thing for sure. I think that's sort of in it. Like. For me, these dynamites have to be pay-per-view. Like, are basically like pay-per-view shows between the pay-per-views. Right. The special dynamites. And I agree, if you do them every two weeks, that's too much. So, yeah, that's my that's my big gripe with that one. Uh, also, my final uh, honorable mention, Orange Cassidy and Tida. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm all for this. This is that 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 made me pop huge. Uh, uh, if, you, if you've not seen the the pictures of uh, the best friends and Chris Dallander actually in, in tie dye sweatsuits, it is fantastic. Also, 
I don't know if you know this, uh, if you've been on Twitter of late, but there is an artist who has been dry- drawing, uh, I'm gonna see if I can get the, the account, because I'm gonna forget this, and I definitely do follow her, and she's fantastic. But, uh, she's been doing sort of what-if scenarios on AEW wrestlers, and one of the big ones has been, or one of the ones she did, or the, uh, I think today or in the last couple of days, was she did those sweatsuits, but on uh, the House of Black, <laughs> and I, I loved it. Uh, she's done a bunch of these different ones. She had um, uh, Chris Jericho and Aubrey Edwards switching places. All kinds of fun stuff like that. It was it's it's been really really good. I will I'm gonna find it uh, before the end of this and uh, give you the the Twitter app because uh, an excellent definite must follow on Twitter. Um, beyond that, let's say uh, I guess uh, we're on to our top five. I we think. are the top five uh, uh, most memorable moments of Dynamite. So both of our number fives are somebody else's uh, higher number. So we're going to skip the number five. We will mention that they are our number fives when we get to them. So that leads to your number four. Uh, Hook winning the FTW title. I thought the match between him, number one, firstly, the pop he got coming out. Uh, Yes. And I I do want to mention while we're talking about this, uh, Ricky Starks' entrance as well. Uh, with the, the 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 promo video beforehand with him with the title and just and all the poses and all that like this guy's a fucking star. But uh, hold on, specific- just a second. Uh, at Mel Coleman Art must follow. All right. I'm gonna also from also from Canada, she did a, a very lovely depiction of Buck Martinez on his return to the booth for Toronto for the. Uh, Ah, the Blue Jays. That's dope. Good old Buck. But yeah, specifically that match, I I really loved it. Uh, I thought that it was short, but it was everything it needed to be, and the crowd popped huge. Like, for for Hook winning. I will say, the crowd was was over for Hook. I will also say the crowd was crazy over for Danhausen. Yes, they were. Absolutely. And and I would even argue Starks, too. Like, everyone in that scenario was... Uh, on fire, one hundred percent. Is there anything more you want to add about the? Uh... I, I I I thought it was it felt emotional for Taz. You know what I mean? Like though Taz didn't react the way I thought necessarily he would, with kind of like his group seeming like there's you know there's turmoil in in the ranks. But like it when when uh, there was a moment where Taz said that it was surreal for him, and it kind of I kind of got me in the feels. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, it was a really, it was, a, it was one of those moments where I, I wasn't expecting to feel that emotion during this moment, but it, it hit me. It really did. So I do want, before I go to my number four, I realize I've got another uh, honorable mention that we got to talk about. I don't think we either of us have. AW's come to Canada. Yeah. Toronto. October Dynamite. 14th. Dynamite is coming to Toronto on the October twelfth. On October twelfth, uh, October thirteenth is the Rampage taping, with it airing on the fourteenth. Exciting stuff! Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely going to be excited to see a Canadian crowd for AEW. 
100%. Um, my number four is higher up on Rylan's list as well, so I'm going to talk a little bit later, clearly. Um, Rylan, what was your number three? Uh, Moxley versus Roosh. Uh, fantastic match. Absolutely fantastic match. Great opener. Um, however, and this is a point I'll make on my number one as well. I, uh, I'm for blood. I'm for it. I, I think it's important in wrestling. I do. I, I'm one of those old-fashioned guys who feels like every once in a while we need to have a gusher. But uh, this is too much. This is too much. Like, really, it is. <laughs> we just had a barbed wire match last week. A couple weeks before that, we had a blood and guts match. Uh, everyone bled at the pay-per-view. Like, it just, everyone bleeds every week. And it's just like, I don't know, maybe I'm old, but, like, I just feel like it needs to mean something a little bit more. I don't know how you feel, but, like, it used to be something where, like, at the end of the feud, the two guys would beat the blood out of each other. And now it's just like, they, and, and sometimes they do it in the promo leading up, too, just to, you know, hype the match. But now it's just like, we have, like, just an opening match against the champion against a guy who's talented but has never done much in this company so you know the champion's going over so why the fuck did he need to bleed so much uh, i don't moxley, know moxley in particular i feel like the the blood was yes was like it, it, it's just like i love moxley but like dude keep it in your skull for a little bit like save it up yeah a little bit uh like yeah uh, but uh, uh, otherwise though i thought that match was fantastic like just it was a very good match these two, uh, I hope they work together again. Uh, I want to see more of Roosh. I think Roosh is great. Um, and I, I, I want to see more of what him and Andrade are, are up to. Because I think that they're, they're going to be a powerful uh, duo. And I hope that there's more to it. I, I hope we get more members. Love to see Dragon Lee. Like, Roosh had a match against Dragon Lee on, on the Ring of Honor pay-per-view, his own brother. And it was fantastic. And like I would just love to see Dragon Lee join up with them as well. Yeah, 100%. Well, uh, my number three, Thunder Rosa versus Mia Yamashita. I will say this. I, d I do think the, the match took a little bit of time to get going. And boy, did the crowd not care. Yeah. But Mia Yamashita is a fantastic wrestler. Her karate uh, background makes her strikes look so good. She had a few kicks that looked like just devastating finishers. And obviously Thunder Rosa ended up winning it, but like there's there's um, like she's she's obviously a star. She is the ace of Tokyo uh, Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, TJPW, which is one of the big Joshi promotions in Japan. She is, you know, I'm glad. I hope to see her more on AEW. The fact that she's your number one seed and this is her first, or she's your number one ranked wrestler, and this is her first match on like Dynamite or or Rampage. Um, you know, while she's holding this thing, going for the championship, and. The fact that she beat Thunder Rosa, and that was, you know, a thing that was mentioned, but this is the thing I'm going to keep saying about BTE, about Dark, about Dark Elevation, and about the stuff you do on other places, unless it's on TV. And by TV, I mean Dynamite or Rampage, it didn't happen. And so... My feeling about this, and the other problem that I have with this, is a title match. It was a women's title match. 
it was it I recognize why it didn't but it's we can't keep having the women's match as the like okay we need one more before the main event it's it's got that time slot down pat like it it, it knows ridiculous. that time slot all too well and you you know what's funny is you've only been watching dynamite for the last few weeks right yeah. and you you've obviously picked up on this yes. Nine, the 9 thir- the 9 o'clock time slot is saved specifically for the women no and stop it and Not. like this this could have easily been the main event and it probably should have been and that's that's also if you want to make again and there are moments where I feel like this company's moving in the right direction with the women's division, and then it does stuff like this, and I just don't know how to feel good about it. Well, I'm patient. Is what I heard Guns and Roses say. Uh huh. We we've been waiting for. We've been patient for a while now. I agree. I with feel you. like they need to get this. They need to get it together. Tony Khan needs to get it together. We talked before about you know whether or not the talent was there or the name recognition is there. You now have both. You have legitimate bona fide stars in your women's division. And you have and you have really talented wrestlers in your women women's division. Why are you like why get go out and spend the money on Tony Storm if you're gonna have her wrestle a, a you know a five minute piss break match? She's Tony Storm, you know. I I agree with you, and, agree. and like mo- doubly so for Athena. And then you've built they've built stars too. Chris Statlander is a bona fide star. Every time she go- she shows up, she's fantastic. Jade Cargill is an absolute star. She's Willow Nightingale, sure. Willow she- Nightingale is probably going to be my breakout wrestler of the year, which might be you know bad on me for not noticing her earlier. But yeah, there's there's tons of talent on this. There's star power. There's talent. Maybe like at least give me something. Let's do an all women's dynamite. What, I, what I, do, I'm why down. not? I'm down. Yeah, crap. Anyway. You can you can you could do even do it as a tournament. You could you you could do it as a women's tag title tournament, a one night tournament. That would be yeah. great. It would be. That would be, be fantastic. fantastic. And, and, and knowing Tony Khan, I'm sure he could book a great tournament. No question. So, like, I, I, I'm with you. I think we need we, we need to get out of the nine o'clock time slot, and we need to we we need to just you know get away from just the random assortment of title matches and start building some stories. Thunder Rose has been champion for months, and how many feuds has she had? Serena Deeb. That's that's it. Yeah. So. And, and Serena Deep has had a bigger feud. Agreed. That's it. It's sad. It really is. We need we need more. Like they're clearly building to Baker Rosa again, and we're gonna get another match that on to the, uh, on that road next week. But like, then build it to it. Have have some big matches, and let them main event. Like, why not just let those two main event, that, uh, you know, in a few weeks? What are we waiting for? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm I, kind of disappointed they don't have anything more for Thunder Rosa but to go back to Britt Baker. 
I, I agree with you. The problem, like, I know that match will be money because they have really good chemistry together. But this match, this match had all the potential to be a lot more if you had made it a bigger deal. But they didn't, and the crowd reflected on that. They didn't know who this person was. Right. And that can't happen if she's going for the women's championship, because they'll never believe she could win. And that makes the match even more boring. Anyway, that's my two cents. Is I thought the match was very good. I thought Thunder Rosa and Mia Mashta worked their butts off. And I thought they, they put together something that was very interesting. I just think the crowd didn't care. And that's in part because Tony uh, Tony AEW didn't really care either. So, let's move on. Uh, Rylan, your number two. Number two is Sammy Guevara versus Dante Martin. So this was my number four. Um, this match was bananas. Just absolute bananas. These two work so well together. This is the most personality I've ever seen out of Dante Martin. Yeah. Like, and we talked about his promo backstage earlier. Like, he had some fire in that promo. He was speaking coherently. He was speaking well. Like, it was looking like it was getting there. And then he brought Sky Blue in and turned into, a, like, a melted puddle. Um, but that all that being said, like, I thought the match was great. Um, I, I didn't really care for the... Um, the, the mix up in the middle with Sky Blue and, and Ty and Anna Jay. Like, I'm just like, unnecessary, especially with these two guys. Like, we don't need any of that. Um, and if you're going to do it, do it on the outside. Why you got to get in the ring and, and beat her up? Like, I don't know. Like, I didn't I didn't care for that. But other than that, I thought this match was, like I said, bananas. I loved it. Kyle, what were your thoughts? The match was very, very good. It was nice to see that kind of high flying style between those two. Like it's easy to it's easy to remember, you know, it's easy to be frustrated with, with Sammy Kofara being this, you know, punchable guy. But man, every time he gets in the ring he he does something special. And when you have a dance partner who is as crazy athletic as Dante Martin, you're gonna get something special. And I, I would happily see more with these two. Yeah, I was going to say, please give us this as often as possible. Absolutely. And, like, Dante Martin, to me, I feel like he is one or two... Uh, he is in the, in the Wheeler Uta spot for me. Where he's, like, one or two big breaks away from really breaking out and being a superstar. And I feel like... I'm not sure how they're going to get him there, but I hope they do. Agreed. So my number two was your number five. It has everything to do with Ricky Starks. So let's go over the night that Ricky Starks had. He beats Danhausen in a highly entertaining, albeit very short match. After coming out to one of the best entrances I've seen in AEW in a long time. Yes. The crowd was super high on both of these guys. God, is Danhausen over. Yeah. Um... And I'd like to see Danhausen, I think, get a more signature match, but I feel like we're in a place with Danhausen where we can get that in the future. I feel like we can build to that a little bit. But right now, he's in a place where he's, you know, more, more managery than, than wrestlery. And I'm interested to see when, when we make the switch, but I imagine it'll come. So he wins the match. 
She calls out another opponent and everyone is just ready for what happens. Crowd stands up before his new his opponent comes out. And then Action Bronson hits and the crowd loses their mind. Hook comes out. They have a highly entertaining, albeit very short match. And Hook wins the championship. Ricky Starks gives Hook the show of respect. Hook is clearly still a heel, but he's he's a heel who's really over with the crowd. Right. Ricky Starks, we can't say that for him anymore. He cut an incredible promo talking about how he took the 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 noose of this title and turned it into a necktie. And this is exactly what he did. Yeah. Because uh, Brian Cage is floundering with this title. And honestly, like it was, it's again, it's a title that they, every time it's on the TV and every time it's defended, they, they make mention. This is not an AEW affiliated title. This is just a rogue title. And like he was able to make a title that's not even associated with the company he works for, uh, you know, an entertaining, uh, or not, I don't want to say prop, but like he, he made that title entertaining. He made it relevant. And, and every time he defended the title, great matches for it. Yes, absolutely. And made it seem like people wanted it, despite the fact that it wasn't a real title. He ended up defending it. Like that was the thing is like he would lose some matches, but then when the title was on the line, he would not lose. It, it's it's uh, AEW's BMF title. Yes, and then the big thing is that. He had the tag t- the tag matches with the tag rivalry with uh, Strickland and Lee that they put together some fantastic matches. Obviously, those two were the guys who ended up getting the tag championships. And Starks really came into his own as a singles wrestler and got to the point where the fans really wanted to see him. He showed off his personality in a big way. And he is really, and that promo was the culmination of every bit of Ricky Starks' growth as a wrestler and a performer from when we were complaining about him being on commentary in the early stages of Rampage to now where he is one of the most over baby faces in the company. And Hobbs became one of the most hated heels in the company with one body check. Right. Yeah, I, I was not expecting that. It was one of those moments where I'm just kind of standing there watching this promo, and I was I was feeling it. You know what I mean? And yeah. then that happens, and it just sucks the air right out of your room. Like everyone's collective asshole just shriveled in that moment. Yeah, but it's great. Yes, it was, it was great. Perfect timing. Perfect everything. Just as he says his name, and Taz on commentary distraught over this situation is it's an interesting situation now because Taz is leading over a heel faction and Ricky Starks is clearly a face now. Does Taz go with Ricky Starks or does he stay on the heel side with Hook and Hobbs? I don't know if, I mean, given that Hook and and Starks did the fist bump, I feel like we're going to keep Hook away from this. Yes, I agree. So... Uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. So, but like Ricky Starks had a perfect night tonight. Not only does it like, despite the fact he lost his championship, it builds to something even more interesting. Yeah, it, it's, it's, th- there was no there was no start stop. It was a start continue without even the, the night ending. No. And 
now I'm excited for what comes next. Could these two have a match at the pay-per-view? Who knows? I think that would be great. But, like, Hobbs, I think, is the other big beneficiary to this because that heel turn makes him into... He's the star who beat up the star. And it just makes all of this build a little bit more interesting. Agreed. So, that is my number two. Rylan, we did your number two, yeah? Yes. Yeah, we did, we did. So, it's number one time, my number five, and your number one. Give it to the people. Danielson versus Garcia. Um, Specifically, I wanted to talk about Garcia winning. I thought that that was... A great, great move for for Garcia. I thought it was a. I, 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 there was a moment in the match where I thought to myself, you know, it'd be really great if Garcia got this win. I had that exact same thought in my head. And, and, the thought and, crossed my head is like, man, this has been a this has been a fun night, but the the people you expected to win have all won. Right. Wouldn't it be cool for a change if we got a big upset? And and that we did. That we did. He he you he he. he made him pass out to his version of the sharpshooter and okay again well i'll complain about the lack of need for blood like it honestly like i thought this one actually did benefit a little bit from the blood just because danielson's coming back and everyone was worried you know there was the worry about danielson as there always is i feel like with a lot of danielson matches of you know Wrestling is dangerous, and heads get hurt, and he has a head that has hurt history. That's that's fair. That's fair. Um, I, but no, match technically sound, beautiful match. Like this was, it, it felt like, it felt like early '96. Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero on WCW Nitro. Like that's this is what that felt like. You it know did. what I mean? Where you just this perfect wrestling. The other thing match. is, is this is this the first loss? For the Blackpool Combat Club, since they've become the Blackpool Combat Club, I think so. That's that's interesting. I'm interested to see what this group does in reaction to a loss, because especially, uh, especially to such a young cat. Regal was out on commentary for the match, uh, for the Moxley match, but he was not back for the the Danielson one. Right. So I'm interested to see what happens next week or in the uh, weeks to come. What are you going to give this week's Dynamite? I, I got to tell you my number one first. Oh, that's right. Sorry, you're number one. We're going to trios tournament. Oh, that that's your number one. I, I forgot about that. Okay, all right. Be still my fantasy booking heart. So you have, you have the Death Triangle. You have the early favorite, the House of Black. You have Sting, Darby, and probably someone else they're going to try to, to add to that, that collective. You have, and that's the thing, you have a lot of tag teams that hypothetically could go out and get a third member, and all of a sudden there's a trios thing. What are the Young Bucks going to do? Right. Uh, um, is FTR going to find a, a, a person to go with, to work with? Because you would have thought, it would have been CM Punk, I think. Yeah, you'd think that that would be who, who would they, and, and I mean, like, well, I feel like that's probably not in the cards. It's certainly something to look forward to in the future. Yeah. Um, are we going to see some other trios forming uh, just for the sake of the sake of this title? How long is it going to be, or how many like matches are we going to get? And obviously, it settles on at all out. What is that match going to be like? Because man, 
House of Black and Wrestle Trios match. I feel like they're a safe bet to get there. Yeah, I, I think that 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 that's that's who I put the belts on. If I was booking this, I'd be like, no, they're they're inaugural champions, and we're gonna have this crazy wild match at All Out. Like, but here's here. I will say this though: I, I don't want it to be against the Death Triangle because I feel like we've done yeah, it. Yeah, oh, I agree. Do you want to know my dream match? What's that? Those three. Versus Hangman Page and the Young Bucks. Ooh. Ooh, could, I like that. Could you imagine? Ooh, yeah. Well, you know what? Given that those three are kind of, well, no. I'm going to say they're they're kind of feuding with Darby Allen and Sting right now, but I think that's being settled in that coffin match that they they did. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine so. But yeah, like, I'm excited. I, I, I'm not one of those, like I said, I think I said off air, like, I'm not one of those people who cares about this this whole oh it's too many titles too many titles don't give a shit give me all the divisions it's, tri- it's a trio give everyone something to do give- like trios matches are great why would i be mad about there being a title associated with that? yeah i agree especially in aw like yeah oh, i agree 100 so i had my complaints and i said my piece and I think in in other weeks I might let those complaints knock this one down. This is a five show for me. I there was too much really good stuff for me for me to knock this down below a five. I hundred uh, percent agree with you. Uh, this, uh, this might be one of the first times we've ever agreed on a grade, but uh, uh, definitely five five for me as well. This was a great episode of Dynamite. Like really really good, really really good stuff. Yeah. And next week we're getting uh, we're getting the the undisputed elite back coming back. Uh, I, oh yeah, let's let's not forget that Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly could be in this tournament too. That's right. That's right. I never even thought of that. There's a lot of good trios. Yeah, that's the thing. There's a lot of good trios in this company. Uh, Andrade could put together a trio. Yeah, like I said, Dragon Lee. He's got one. He's got all he's got to yeah. do is grab Dragon Lee, and he's got the perfect trio right there. Uh, the Dark Order might have two. Yeah, I never thought of that. They got to get negative one there's, in there for a spot, though. <laughs> there's, a, but that's my point. Is there's a lot of stuff that you could put together. You could make this into a pretty big tournament if you wanted to. So the only time limit you're worrying about is having to get to September being your title. But there's a lot of stuff you can do before September. Uh, all right. Oh, Blackpool Combat Club too. Yeah, I, of all the teams that we forgot about, the one that the, that main evented. Anyway, um, Rylan, where can the people find us on social media? Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, it's at WN Wallop. On Instagram, we are just simply WN Wallop. On Facebook, it's Wednesday Night Wallop. Look for myself. Look for Kyle Joseph's name. And that's us, Black and Gold. Black and Gold. Uh, Kyle, if they want to find you on Twitter, where can they find you? They can find me at Legendary KJ. That's L E R E G E N D A R Y K J. If you want to find Rylan on Twitter, because he forgot, it's at R Y A M Sports Report. That's true. That's true. Thank you very much, Kyle. Of course. Um, and uh, can I take the people out then? Let's 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 send her home, Kyle. All right. Well, thank you so, so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you who listened all the way to the end. And you have been walloped. Good night.
You've been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.